only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Welcome into the Believe in Commander show. And another face over there, that is not Brian Murphy, but he's still highly welcomed, highly regarded, fresh out of the University of Rhode Island. We got Mr. Joe DeLeon. He is the host of the NFL Draft Prospects podcast, first team CFB recruiting show, and the Rafino and Joe show. Joe, thanks for taking the time all the way from Mobile. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Just excited to be here and to be around everything that's going on. It's it's always just awesome to be in a situation where you're surrounded by all the top media folks covering the NFL. And then on top of that, all the team personnel. It's just a melting pot of opinions, backgrounds, uh, you name it. And I'm just having a blast catching all the practices that are going on. Yeah, you get to kind of rub elbows with some uh, you know, former colleagues of mine, some people who probably made the decision to bring me in or to send me on my way. <laughs> so uh, if there's anybody, I'll send a little hit list if I need you to help. Go ahead and just, <laughs> yeah, just thump somebody in the back of the head. Uh, just want to take them, uh, take them out for me. But let, let, while we're starting now, this is obviously going to be a little draft talk uh, episode. Um, what is your, what's your biggest takeaway? Just being down in, in the Senior Bowl, uh, you know, just this week. What do you, what do you got going? On. Yeah, I, I think the biggest takeaway amongst these these upperclassmen that are, are here at the Senior Bowl, it, it's such a good offensive and defensive line group, particularly the interior guys. And there's just so many names that have really shined. And I, I've spent, I've tried to spend time watching the the wide receiver DB one on ones, but every time I, I, I wander over there to watch, I always find myself drifting back over to these O line D line drills. Guys like Keanu Benton, Carl Brooks. Uh, Matt Bergeron, John Michael Schmitz, all of these linemen have just been going to battle every single day. And you could probably spend a whole hour just breaking down all of the top interior um, defensive and offensive linemen that have, have had really, really good weeks so far. That's, that's what I love to hear. Just Obviously, I played receiver, but I love to hear about the O-line because I, I fully believe that that's where the game starts on the uh, uh, offensive and the defensive side. But speaking of where the game starts, we got to talk about our sponsor real quick. Uh, Bet Online, that's our sponsor. So, folks, head on over to betonline.ag. Use our welcome uh, promo code, B-L-E-A-V. You get a 50% welcome bonus. Look, they got NFL. They've got NBA. they got the NCAA bracket coming up. They've got contests, free contests. they got a little casino side. You can do parlays. It's fun. It's my favorite place to go and place a couple of wagers here and there just on the season. And maybe I haven't done too well. I tend to always uh, favor Washington. Uh, but, hey, it's okay. You can go over there, make a few bets, and it's definitely where – the game starts. And since you mentioned the O-line, one of Washington's biggest needs, uh, at least in my eyes and some folks at NFL.com and my co-host Brian Murphy agree, one of the biggest needs is to address the offensive line. And they're sitting at 16. Mm -hmm. Where do you see Washington going with this 16th pick? Yeah, I, I think that offensive line is definitely the best direction for them. 
because their issues, I think, have been the result of of some pretty poor offensive line play. And you, you guys lost Brandon Scherf, which has been a, a tough guy to replace. And he, for the, the longest time since he was drafted by the, the Washington franchise, it was, a, it was a staple amongst that group. Now it's, you know, who's who and, and who's the best guy. It's hard to even really determine who it is with, with some of the inconsistencies they, that they have had. I think to consider in that spot, guys like Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, and then somebody who's done pretty well this week, uh, John Michael, or no, sorry, not John Michael Schmitz, uh, Matt Bergeron from Syracuse has had himself a really, really nice week to maybe get drafted that highly, or if they traded back, he'd be there somewhere in that range. I am of the belief, and, and I don't know if, if you and Brian agree with this, but I think the commanders need to be in the market to possibly trade up and draft the quarterback. I, I think that for all of the years that we have seen since RG3, since Kirk Cousins, the commanders try to band-aid it for so long that they've lost out on windows of some really talented guys. And I think that they have the roster. If they draft somebody that is a couple years away, that team could really take the next step. And I look, I'll admit, I'm a big fan of Anthony Richardson. I think that if Anthony Richardson is somewhere on the back end of the top 10, he's not ready to play right away, you got to pull the trigger and trade up. If not, somewhere in the second round, you could also draft a guy like Hendon Hooker, who's going to still need the, a year to finish his recovery, even though that it is ahead of schedule. But I think someone needs to be drafted at the quarter quarterback position with those those two earliest picks that they have. All right. Okay. So what is it likely? That's that's a, a good lead. And I'm frankly, I'm not in that category of saying jump up and make another move at, for quarterback, but what would you think the likelihood would be if you had to rank it just high, low, medium, what would, what would that temperature be? What do you think? I'd give it like a high medium. So like a 65, 60% chance that they try to move up because we, we look at the teams that are picking in the top 10 and there's just so many that are in a position and in the market for a quarterback. There are a lot of teams that are going to be going after the prospective top three guys, which are Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Will Levis. Once those guys are off the board, I think that there's going to be a race to get that that fourth guy, which is probably going to be Anthony Richardson in this year's class. So I think there's a really strong likelihood. I think that if you're Ron Rivera, you need to be aggressive. If you're not, you risk the possibility of, uh, of just having another guy to slot in, you know, is it, is it Tyler Heineke? Are you confident in him? Can you sign and and maybe get a guy like Derek Carr to come over, uh, you know, through the trade market? There's just so many variables. And I, I think that I'd rather invest those picks in a future project than a, and then a veteran that might not pan out. You know, we saw what happened with Russell Wilson. You don't want to put your team in a position where yeah. you auction off all those picks and it just doesn't, doesn't work out for a veteran quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, with the the way their offensive coordinator search has been going this offseason, they've been telling offensive coordinators, hey, Sam Howell's going to be the guy. And I mean, obviously, yeah. he's only got one game under his belt with 11 completions, but he, he played you know well enough in that team's eyes to say, at least we can write him in or pencil him in as, as a potential QB one. Uh, and my my thought is to build a team around uh, around this position. That way, later on, you can be like a Jalen Hurts, a Philadelphia Eagles, where you can say, hey, we've already built this team. Now we've got to get the one player in there. So I, I like the thought about uh, the offensive line at, at, at pick number one. Um, but uh, Brian wanted to ask, he's like, what, what would you do with that second pick? You know, if you did have to go, he wants to go O-line and corner. 
Uh, and you're saying throw a quarterback in there. So are you thinking it'd be like an O-line in one round and a quarterback in the second round? Uh, it just depends on on how they attack it and what the approach is for how they want to address the quarterback position and how things are handled, who the new offense quarterback. I think there's just a lot of variables right now. One thing, too, that is kind of an uphill battle for for Ron Rivera is that we know that he has very outspoken about not liking rookie quarterbacks. So that might take some guys off the table. That's why I think that Hendon Hooker, if they don't take anyone in the first round, could be a, a you know like a really cheap investment. He is somebody who is older. He's, uh, I believe, 24 years old. He's very experienced. And he's just he, – he's so consistent. His his deep ball is is so accurate. There are so many things to work with, and he doesn't need to play right away. Separate from that, though, separate from quarterback, like I, there's a lot of really good defensive backs that could slot in somewhere in the second round. Like a guy like Christopher Smith, who's been really good so far this week, could be a, you know, a plug-and-play safety for for the commanders. But there's plenty of talent at linebacker, uh, at, at corner that they could address. And heck, even with the depths, with the depth on the offensive line, they could double dip if they really wanted to really, really address the offensive line with two potential starters going back to back. I see. I, I can get behind that. I can <laughs> definitely get behind uh, just shoring up the off- offensive line. I've said on the show plenty of times, it doesn't matter if you got Joe Montana or Uncle Rico back there. <laughs> if you can't keep them off the ground, it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter how great Absolutely. your team is if you can't keep those guys off the ground. Um, so let, let's continue to move on a little bit. So you're talking about moving up and making a trade. We spoke about Philly, how they made a trade to get A.J. Brown. What player uh, would you think Washington would be you know, willing to part ways with in order to make that jump into the top 10? Well, I don't know if there's necessarily a player that, that Washington should be auctioning off. I think that if they do make that move up, it needs to be an asset for asset swap I, I i don't like and actually i didn't was not a fan of the titans approach of getting rid of aj brown like that to me was was hugely detrimental and cost them a playoff spot by making that move great for the eagles fantastic for the philadelphia eagles i look at this commander's roster and i just see so much young talent like guys like chase young uh jonathan allen terry mclaurin there's just so much talent on this roster that i don't want to waste any of those guys. I don't want to waste the potential of those guys. I'd I'd rather go with the Rams approach, you know, just screw the picks. Let's let's get rid of the picks. Let's use the picks where we can and and if we're going to move up, we're going to do that because again, you spent all this time filling positions of need over the past few years. I don't want to risk the future impact of losing out on some of those players. I got you. I got you. And I I can see, you know, ideally I wouldn't want to have to get rid of any players. I mean, I know Deron Payne is a, is a guy that they're looking to have yeah. him do a franchise tag to. They're working, they want to work out a, a long-term extension, but he could he could very easily be franchised and then traded. Um, but I, I think that it behooves the defense to try to keep that guy in there, try to keep that strong defensive line intact uh, moving forward. Um, so let, let me ask you this. There's been a lot of success for Washington with their day three picks. I mean, seventh round picks, they've got Cam Curl, James Smith-Williams, fifth rounders and Derek Forrest, Sam Howell. Third rounders, you mentioned Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. Benjamin Benjamin St. Juice, who made an impact on defense, and even Brian Robinson Jr., that the, the running back who had a strong finish to the year. Of all your players you've been studying, who do you think would be somebody that could be a, a day three gem? 
Yeah, one guy that I'm really high on right now, I, I first I would say Christopher Smith, who I just brought up, but I think he's done enough at the Senior Bowl this week to move into the second round for me. Um, but one guy who I, I was a little iffy on, I was really high on him in the summer, a little bit iffy on him after watching him this year, but seeing him this week has solidified his capabilities as, a, as, as I think is a, a potential starting guard slash center. Is, and that guy I'm talking about, Steve Vila from TCU. He is so powerful, and his base is so strong. He's a little heavy-footed. That's where things get a little tricky. It's like, how, how much can I buy into this guy when he, his, his foot speed's not that great? That's where the concern comes and why he's probably going to stick as a third-round pick. But what is going to get him drafted as either a really high-end backup or a really consistent starter if he eventually works himself into that role is that power. I tweeted a couple clips of him playing guard and center and it's not like he's just kind of winning the reps. He's dominating the reps. He's planting his butt. He's sinking into his hips. And guys aren't getting around him. And that power profile is, is so, so exciting to watch. And I think that Steve Avila does deserve some recognition for maybe being a, a more not highly enough talked about guard prospect. How, how did he stand up against you know some of that top talent? Obviously, they, you know TCU facing against Georgia in the national yeah. championship game and that, and that either that may not be good tape to watch <laughs> but in, in my eyes i, I want to see how you play against like the top talent like are you going to cower down are you are you kind of shriveling up hiding in your shell or do you try to buck up to these guys i mean what's the uh, young fellow that's touted to be number one pick what is it jalen uh, carter jalen carter right yeah. so i mean th- those are the games where the people on the scouts are looking and say well who's this other guy who is giving this guy problems? So how do you think he's uh, stood up against Georgia? Yeah, I, I think that I, I'm afraid to really dig into that game as for a lot of those TCU guys. That's kind of one of those deals where I, I'm sure from your playing career, you remember uh, or have had instances like this where like I, I had this a lot because the Rhode Island team I played for was bad. I can remember a couple times a year or once, at least once a year, a coach would come in and be like, we're throwing away the tape. We're not even going to look at that. It was that bad. <laughs> uh, I, I lost the game by 80 points my my freshman Ooh. year, which was so yeah, not not fun, but Ooh. I I, I kind of look at it that way. Like it's kind of hard to really because it's not like you you lost and you lost bad. You got blown out and you got completely dominated. So I'm a little reluctant nah. to look at that tape, but I give him a lot of credit for this week going up against guys from Alabama, like Byron Young, going up uh, against guys from all these top schools, and he just he looks the part. He looks like he belongs, and he looks like such a, a really really consistent player who. Early day three, late day two is 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 possibly a, a nice starting guard at the next level. I can tell you, if, if that name comes across the board uh, for the Burgundy and Gold, I'm going to give a little hat tip to Joe <laughs> DeLeon, and I'm going to tell Washington fans, hey, you may not know who the hell he is, but you're probably going to have a pretty solid player because Joe gave him a stamp of approval. Uh, but, I mean, I, I can tell you, I was on a pretty bad team. We, we didn't win very many games out there in West Texas a and Um and, but whenever you go up against some good talent, frankly, yeah. that's that's your opportunity to try to shine. You may not dominate everybody, but as many teams are going to be watching Jalen Carter and say, let's see how they win. He went up against TCU. If you can at least get a stalemate in a couple of those reps, they're going to say, hold on, who is this guy in, mm-hmm. in the purple? Right. They're going to pay attention to that as well. So uh, ideally, he kind of shows up 
and uh, and makes it known, makes it known for himself. I want to ask you about just some of those top cornerbacks. I know you mentioned making a trade for a quarterback, making a selection at O line, but if Washington wants to go and get a a number two across from Kendall Fuller, um, how, what do you think about these guys right here? What Joey Porter Jr. What are your thoughts on him? I'm actually really high on Joey Porter Jr. My my co-host Ryan is is not as excited about him. He's really raw. He is very very raw and. He, the the exciting part about a guy like that is, is how long and fluid and athletic he is as a corner. He just moves so, so easily. Now, where things get a little hairy and where we got to be careful with a guy like Joey Porter, and we've seen guys like this not necessarily succeed, is he's really handsy. He, he's, he's very grabby at the line of scrimmage, up close on guys, and then even downfield, which obviously that's going to lead to penalties. A lot of times those guys don't work out of those uh, those habits, those bad habits, but I have him graded as a first-round pick. I think that if you're willing to bank on the traits, bank on the potential, you're getting a starting-level second corner. You you absolutely can plug him into this defense. Not right away. He's going to have some bumps and bruises that he needs to to work through, some growing pains he needs to work through. But I'm a big fan of Joey Porter Jr. and what he's capable of. Yeah, let's flip coasts. Let's go way out there uh, to Oregon duck country. Well, we're going to go with the ducks, I should say. Christian Gonzalez, another long cornerback. His name has been thrown around at that 16 pick as well. What do you think of him? I was not as excited about Christian Gonzalez, uh, kind of the opposite here of Joey Porter. He, very, very consistent, very explosive athlete. But at the same time, for a taller corner, I was not impressed with his his flexibility, his hip fluidity, which is important for the position. I see him purely as as a zone corner. I, I think that asking him to play outside of a zone scheme, I don't know if he can be as successful. Like, but but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good pro. Like we see guys like James Bradbury be so so good uh, wherever he goes. He was great with the Panthers. He was great with the Giants, and now his impact for the Philadelphia Eagles has been tremendous. So having those tall lengthy uh, guys that are good at making plays on the football, reactive, instinctive zone corners is important. You need those guys to play in your scheme, but he is not versatile enough for me to say, this is a first round pick. Asking him to play outside of that is going to limit what teams can take him. But other than that, I think it's early second round guy, mid second round guy that will, will be a really nice player on, on a team, depending on his, his situation. Yeah, he's a redshirt sophomore, so you know he's right. he's young in a way. I mean, you can say, oh, he's like a, a junior in a sense, but I mean, still redshirt sophomore. He hasn't been yeah. on the field that much, uh, so mm -hmm. there's still a lot to learn uh, from that position. But if you have a lot of the, the physical traits uh, that that teams look for, that's definitely something that'll get your name called and, and get you picked up uh, on there. Uh, let's see here, my my man Brian had this other question: What player has all-timer potential. I know this is tough, but you can't really project out 10, 12 years, but generally the only position I hear people try to project that far is potentially quarterback and an O-line. Never have I heard anybody say it about a receiver, cornerback, mm -hmm. and those other positions. So who do you think is that guy that could be could be here for a long time that we're just saying his name uh, to get into Canton eventually? I, I think very rarely – well, first of all, in any draft, it's – it's almost impossible to, to be able to say that there's a guy like this just from the draft alone. I, I think a lot of draft analysts are reluctant to do that, but this year is very rare. We have two guys. We have two guys that I'm willing to say that about them. And there's admittedly a bit of a, a drop-off after these two guys. 
And those that I'm referring to are Jalen Carter, who we mentioned earlier from Georgia, and Will Anderson from Alabama. Jalen Carter is a freakish player, massive hulking guy. I, I remember like seeing him sitting down at the uh, the national championship player availability, and he was like almost as big as I was just sitting down in a chair. He is that big of a guy, but what makes him so scary, statistically, he's not going to be somebody who has 25 tackles for loss uh, or you know, a, a 15 sacks, like crazy numbers for a defensive tackle, at least not right now. But his disruption makes him unblockable on double teams, even one-on-one. -on -one. You're not going to pull and try and kick out Jalen Carter. He will mess up any play when given the opportunity. He's just that good, and he's not even close to his potential. He's already good enough to step in, dominate as a rookie, but he's got so much more that he can work himself into becoming even better. Uh, along with that, though, Will Anderson, for some strange reason, we're overthinking Will Anderson, and I predicted this and said that this was going to happen after the historic year that he had as an almost Heisman winner, Heisman finalist in his, in his, uh, his sophomore year, there was going to be a drop-off in in our thoughts on him because everyone is going to be stunned that he didn't repeat the season. Well, there's more attention put on a guy like that. There's more deliberate effort to slow down a guy like Will Anderson. He is such a great motor. He's got such scary power for a smaller, leaner edge rusher. Like this isn't a 6'6", 300-pound, you know, J.J. Watt type edge rusher. He's he's closer to 260. He's built like a he's a three four outside linebacker that is primarily going to be an edge rusher. He moves really well, but the power profile for his build is is very very frightening to go along with that length. I think what makes him an all timer though is that motor. Is that when we get guys like Jadeveon Clowney or Miles Garrett, they're really talented and they get drafted high for a reason. But Having the motor to go along with the talent is what makes somebody generational. And I think that Will Anderson and Jalen Carter both have that. I like that. I like that. I like to hear you talk about that motor. Mm. Um, I saw a clip of Gino Ariema talking to his Connecticut uh, women's basketball team. And he said the difference between great players and good players is that great players don't get tired. No. And when good players get tired, great players just dominate good players. Like that's, that's the difference. And when you get to the league, everybody's good. I mean, you just got to say everybody's good. And then you get on the field and you see who really wants it more than the other. Um, so Joe, man, I appreciate you taking the time. Is there any last message that you want to have any little pub that you want to put out there for the folks? Yeah. Well, uh, one just quick thought from the, the senior bowl, one name that I've been every show that I've hopped on that I've made sure to, to bring up Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Pay attention to Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. He has had a meteoric rise this week, was banged up a little bit at the end of the season, uh, was playing primarily nose tackle this season for Wisconsin, which is not where he's going to play in the NFL. This is a pure three technique. He is so powerful. He is so quick. He is so twitchy. There is so much potential for, for Keanu Benton, and I would argue this is not a direct one-to-one -one comparison, but I would argue that he's having almost an Aaron Donald-type rise Ooh. in terms of it. His performance. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald. That's not anywhere close to what I'm trying to, to say. But in terms of him going from being a, a day two pick to maybe a mid to, to late first round pick, Keanu Benton has done everything he needs to do to, to move up in his draft stock. They got him listed at 6'4", 315 out of Janesville, mm. Wisconsin. I mean, that, that just seems like a big old nasty guy right oh, there. Oh, he is. 20 solo tackles, four and a half sacks on the year. I mean, he's going to cause some trouble. Hey, look, 
They, they already had J.J. Watt came out of Wisconsin. He's, <laughs> he's hanging it up now. Maybe this is the next uh, great Wisconsin Badger that's going to make his impact in the NFL. Folks, I appreciate y'all taking a listen. We've had Mr. Joe DeLeon on here once again. You can check him out on plenty of different shows. You can check him out on the Rafino and Joe show uh, on the Believe, uh, Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast and the first team CFB recruiting show. Uh, thanks to the folks over there at Bet Online. Uh, they always give us a good sponsor. Use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get that 50% welcome bonus. And also, team, follow us on Twitter and IG, and you can listen to us as well on Sirius XM, TuneIn Radio, and all those other fun streaming platforms. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, man. Well, good to see you. Uh, maybe we'll have you catch on you know, in another month or so whenever <laughs> the draft gets a little bit closer. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm I'm just excited to talk prospects. So, Post combine, let's do it again, and we'll—I'm uh, sure—we'll have more things to react to and, to and to talk about. Yes, indeed. That's when the speed comes in. You get to see oh, yeah. the fast guys. So <laughs> I love it. We'll definitely connect after the combo, Joe. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a good one. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.